Escape from Plan A. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to yet another episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm going to be your host today. It's me, Jess. Uh, I got with me Diana. Uh, what's up, Diana? Hey. Philip. Hey, how's it going? First in a while. So glad to have you on. And special guest, Sen. How are you, Sen? Hey, I'm good. This is my first time recording with both you and Diana. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that yeah. is right. true. Okay, awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like we just we just recorded like the two hundredth episode, so um, it's kind of cool to just take a look back and see uh, see all the stuff that we've been doing. And part of that is like uh, like realizing there are people that I I talk to, I tend to talk to and with on this pod more than others. I think Philip. Every time you come on, uh, people always want more, so we're just gonna have to give them <laughs> what they want. So. Uh, that's nice to hear. I'm glad wow. they're not like disgusted by the shit I have to say. That's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're disgusted with what you have to say, we don't want them. So how about that? <laughs> um, so Phil- like we know Philip from uh, the tech series, which uh, you and I should pick up uh, again sometime. Mm-hmm. Diana's an OG mainstay of the pod. Sen, uh, Sen, you were on a couple of times, right? I did one episode. Yeah. Like, yeah, with the mm-hmm. tra- about the like the trans 101 episode and then i did an episode mm-hmm. with um philip and chris that was fun mm-hmm. that was at the beginning of the uh the lockdown just yeah. felt like random lockdown shit right. like yeah. dating during the lockdown and stuff like that <laughs> yeah when we were like oh we'll just well you know we can do it we can hang in, in there for like i don't know we've got to get it <laughs> under control in like four or five weeks right yeah surely society isn't gonna like completely melt down right <laughs> I owe it to my mom. She was like, it's going to be two years. Just stay in life for two years. And I was like, all right, mom. And she was right. Thanks, mom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. First, it's like, yeah, whatever, mom. Just eat your vitamins and watch your soap operas, whatever. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, damn. They kind of knew some things, didn't they? So today, um, it's a, it's pretty special, pretty special one for me actually. Uh, I remember, I think like maybe two years ago, I picked up a book uh, called "Dealing and Desire" by Kimberly K. Huang, a Vietnamese American ethnographer, researcher, now a professor, uh, who did an ethnography of sex work in modern Vietnam. So um, she did actually like in the field research. So. So she actually like embedded herself into like various uh, spheres of sex work in Vietnam and then wrote about her, wrote about her experiences there. She did it in two phases. I think she did like one year and then, and then came back to the States for a while and then, and then revisited. I could be wrong in my, my recollection, but um, nonetheless, it was a very extensive period of time that she spent not only researching, but also in the field and then synthesizing and analyzing and then finally reading, uh, you know, writing and, um, uh, releasing the book. So it won a bunch of prizes, like in like 2015 and 2016 for sociology. And I was really, I was really struck by it, um, in a lot of different ways. Um, firstly, that, uh, there aren't too many, it's a very, very touchy subject, right? The, 
and knowing all the uh, the stereotypes and the you know the fetishization that goes on that um, I'm sure nobody listening to this is unaware of. And if you are, bless you, just keep that ignorance. It's a blessing, honestly. <laughs> um, but. But like, I mean, so, so the idea of like, of, of touching on um, the notion of sex work intersected with being Asian, it's a touchy one. It takes a lot of finesse. Uh, and honestly, I'm really, I'm really glad that uh, she herself is Vietnamese and d- decided to uh, kind of take that space herself rather than rely on uh, work that's uh, by women or even men in previous generations with pre- different lenses, uh, casting their own biases into this uh, so uh, I really appreciate that she took that on herself. I think there's a bit of a tendency for diaspora. I'm not speaking, I'm, and I am speaking in very, very broad generalities to kind of distance. Uh, there's a pressure to distance yourself from stuff like that. So being in the West, being Asian, uh, I know that I definitely would feel like an instinctive aversion to being associated with uh, a topic like sex, just because of the nature of the uh, stereotypes that surround us. This isn't a moral stance. It's more like a defensive one saying, um, why would it's, it's like, we're already coming in under the assumption or the suspicion that we are uh, embedded in that kind of work anyway. uh, If you know what I mean. So, but then the alternative to that is when you see research being done on this, then it, then it means that uh, nobody who is directly, uh, who has a direct like uh, tie to it, either by blood or by culture, uh, or is dealing with these, uh, you know, the resultant social pressures that come with uh, uh, that come with sexualization of Asian women, etc. It means that no one who's actually embodying that is actually doing that uh, that rigorous analytical work. So I'm really glad that she she had the she had the desire and the fortitude to to take that on, and I think she did a fantastic job. It, it's an ethnography of sex work in Vietnam, and it stands as an analysis of you know, uh, it deals mostly in modern and and, and uh, modern day Vietnam and traces traces some of the history that leads up to it, and it's an analysis of um, exactly how uh, sex work is embedded in this in the fabric of Vietnamese society, uh, but across like different dimensions. So my question is, if you said that you felt yourself like you wanted to distance yourself from the topic, what drew you to the book? Uh, the fact that she that the fact the fact that it was a Vietnamese woman who wrote who decided to do it honestly, uh, and when I say distancing, it doesn't mean that it's uh, like it's not like shame, right? Um, it is, however, a reflexive kind of defensive posture, you know, given the nature of the stereotypes and the sexualization of Asian women. If I'm talking about myself and my experience, I I actually put in a lot of effort to kind of to really. To project an image that is not sexualized, due to the nature, the work that I do, etc. So it was a question. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily like that. Um, it's just something that's been ingrained for a very long time. So it is a part of how I present myself, and I'm, I'm fine with that. But the fact that it was a diaspora Vietnamese woman who, who did want to explore uh, that industry. And she doesn't distance her. She's not like, she's not trying for, she's very careful to not be like I, uh, the objective observer kind of perspective on this. So she's not studying sex workers in Vietnam. She is actively engaged. So in as much mm-hmm. as 
possible she is trying to to be part of that scene, not not studying it under some kind of lens. And certainly, and I never got the sense that she was patronizing, condescending. She did a she was very much a, aware of her position relative to the industry and to other sex workers, and was very much trying to uh, just present the most fair uh, view of uh, of her perspective and how she saw how she saw this uh industry operating in vietnam can i can i ask a question actually kind of related to to what diana was uh was kind of poking at it was so i mean you guys are um chinese chinese and korean i believe right so mm-hmm. has there always ever mm-hmm. been has there ever been a sense that like this is a touchy thing but like you know, the, the stereotypes of um, Asian women as sex workers, that comes from specific parts of Asia, right? Like that comes, a lot of it is from like the Vietnam War and like maybe the movies that we've seen and how uh, a lot of the female characters may be shown as like sex workers, right? Like uh, catering to the American GI, right? And that's what kind of brought the idea over. And I think to some extent, Korea as well during the Korean War. But has there ever been a sense like in kind of in your lives, like wanting to distance yourself from, you know, Hey, I'm not, you know, like I'm not Vietnamese, therefore I'm not like you shouldn't be seeing me as this kind of sexualized, hypersexualized, you know, potential sex worker. Or, or does that not really cross your mind? Uh, I think I don't think that kind of distancing is even possible because um, this has a lot. This stereotype has a long history, and it's actually a Pan Asian one um, in America. So, mm-hmm. like we talk about, you know, the Chinese Exclusion Act, right? A huge part of the hysteria over it was uh, centered on uh, the the notion of like of Chinese women as sex workers, prostitutes. So they would cause moral decay mm-hmm. and uh, s- social dysfunction if they were allowed to immigrate in great numbers. Uh, a lot of Yellow Peril was about, you know, uh, spe- and this was specific to uh, Chinese uh, women. And then as the years roll on, that that brush kind of that brush just gets painted on different uh, nationalities, but it, I don't think there isn't a single nationality that's exempt from it or has been ever mm-hmm. exempt from it. I think the modern iteration has more of a focus on Southeast Asia on Southeast Asian women due to Vietnam, the Vietnam War, um, and you know stereotypes of sex tourism, you know Thailand, yeah, Vietnam, Thailand Cambodia, and all that. yeah, exactly. But historically, I don't think there's a I, I don't think there's an Asian I don't think there's a single Asian nationality that has been exempt from that. Yeah, I, I'm asking because I think that your identity and how you kind of relate maybe to the book as an Asian woman is going to influence how you take in some of the the facts and and stories from from the writer, right? In the same way that like me as a as a Viet Q Asian man, like Vietnamese man. Uh, I, I took, you know, I, I looked at this book in, in a way that's, that's uh, probably different from how you guys did because there are parts of the book that talk about people like me who go back to Vietnam and frequent the sex, mm, yeah. uh, the sex industry there, right? Um, and so, I mm-hmm. have, you know, my own kind of personal reservations and, you know, not necessarily disgust, right, but like curiosity, right, about what these men are thinking um, that you may not think of as well. So, uh, we, we should talk yeah. about that as we go over the book because I think it's, like relevant, right? How our identities tie into research like this. Let's go. Let's go.